1: But go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. Welcome to At The
2: Window on the Sports TV Network. I am Sean Guasamacchia here in Midtown Manhattan. Drew Martin is off today. A lot of things to get into. Zion Williamson finally makes his NBA debut. For those out there on FanDuel Sportsbook wondering about his player prop, his points prop, it's at 14 and a half. His rebound prop is at five and a half. Just for you out there, he averaged 22.6 points per game last year at Duke and 8.9 rebounds last year at Duke. He shot 68% from the field um, last year at Duke. Around 34% will round up from three. We'll get into Zion Williamson next segment. Also, the Mets have a new manager. The reports are the Mets will name Luis Rojas, who the hell is that? Well, I mean, uh, good question, but his name has been floating out there as the possible next manager of the New York Mets ever since Carlos Beltran was mutually, I don't know, fired, let go, what have you, well, let go, as manager of the New York Mets after the Astros cheating scandal. So Luis Rojas, the son of Felipe Alou, former big league player and, of course, manager for a long time with the Expos, Giants, and a number of teams, he will be your next manager According to reports of the New York Mets, that is Luis Rojas. How much of a big deal is that? Some people on Twitter met backers not too hot with the hire, but how much does a manager in baseball really matter anyway? Right? I mean, Aaron Boone, does he add that much to the Yankees as far as wins are concerned? One or two for a good manager, right? So let's give Luis Rojas a chance and see where the Mets go from there. But the big story I want to begin with, Derek Jeter, he is now a member of Cooperstown, a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. But one person did not vote for Derek Jeter. Baseball Writers Association of America, right? They are responsible for electing players to the Baseball Hall of Fame. You got have to have at least play 10 years and be retired for five years in order to be eligible. So if you played 10 years, at least 10 years in the majors, and have been retired for five years. Your name goes on the ballot. You have to receive at least five percent of the vote for your name to continue to be on the ballot. If you're not elected, if you don't receive the seventy-five percent that's, acquired, that's uh, you need to make the Hall of Fame for up to ten years. All right. So, and if we have John Heyman's ballot from yesterday, where he just voted for five guys, if we have that, we could throw that up there. But want you to look at the names that were on this list. As you know, Derek Jeter was elected. Larry Walker. Was elected. Congratulations! He got over the seventy-five percent mark. Kurt Schilling got seventy percent. Did not get enough. Uh, but chances are he will get. Uh, he has uh, some more uh, years left, so he'll get enough to get elected uh, in the years to come. If not, you know, I mean, Harold Baines was elected from this special committee that they put together. So I mean, chances are Kurt Schilling will get in. It's still a travesty though that he has not been elected yet because of his political views. But we could get into that another time. Because Derek Jeter is elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. But the people that were on the list, Bonds and Clemens, they, they got near 60%, 61%. And that's still not enough. They have two years left of eligibility on the ballot in order to get 75% and be elected. Uh, but they, they're marred by steroids, so I get all that. When you look at the list, Andrew Jones, yeah, right, and, and the players, Scott Rowland, there's not Andy Petty. There's not a lot of Yang, you know, great players on the list where you could say, you know what, Jeter, and you could vote up to 10 players. You could vote. If you're a writer, you could vote up to 10 players on your ballot. So you cannot make the argument to me an intelligent argument that you don't think Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer based on the players that are on the ballot and the you know what he did in his career. Only five players have more hits all time in Major League Baseball history. Derek Jeter amassed 3465 hits. Career 3.10 batting average, five-time World Series champion, captain of the New York Yankees. He also won some gold gloves, won three or four, you know. But, I mean, he wasn't known for his defense. Granted, he wasn't the greatest defensive shortstop yet. It wasn't Ozzie Smith. was not even Omar Vizquel, another guy who was on this ballot that did not get enough uh, votes to get elected. But he held his own, did not commit a lot of errors. So uh, that helped, surely, at a, a premium position as, as much as uh, the defensive, uh, talking about defense there, uh, playing shortstop in the major leagues. But one guy did not vote for Derek Cheater, and that's a travesty. Right? Because if your argument is, well, he wasn't the greatest player of all time, that's not what you're supposed to be doing here. You're not supposed to be electing the greatest baseball player of all time. So I don't give a rat's ass about um, Hank Aaron not receiving 100% of the vote. I don't care about Ken Griffey Jr. not receiving 100% of the vote. Uh, Tom Seaver, Nolan Ryan, Cal Ripken Jr., Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, go on and through all the list. I don't give a damn because... After Mariano Rivera received 100% of the vote last year, that argument's out the window if you want to protect the greatest players of all time and not elect Derek Jeter and not give him that distinction because you don't think he was better than those players. Because it's already been done. So that's the first thing. Second thing, it's not, that's not what you're expected to be doing. Not electing the greatest baseball player of all time. It's electing the players on the ballot and deciding whether or not you thought they were a Hall of Famer. And you cannot make the argument... After watching Derek Jeter and these writers, that's what their job is, to cover the sport of baseball, You cannot make the argument that Derek Jeter was not a Hall of Famer. So I think it's a, just a disgrace uh, that he did not get 100% of the vote. But that being said, I'm all for like, the, the person who did not vote for him. Fine, you can hide behind the ballot. should be a hidden ballot because if it's not a hidden ballot and it's, there's full transparency and we get to see who the writers voted for, then what you're going to get is you're going to get... A publicly, you know, the, the, what the public wants, right? So people will vote for whoever the, the masses, right? The bullying that goes on in, in the mass media and the sports media with electing certain players. And so you want people at least to vote with their, with their heart and with their head. But in this case, you cannot say the voter, the one voter we're talking about who did not vote with his head, voted with his heart, did not want to see Derek Jeter in the Baseball Hall of Fame and get 100% of what? the vote. But that's where we stand Great for Larry Walker uh, getting into the Hall of Fame. Deserves it. You know, he was – people were reluctant to give Larry Walker that distinction, get him into the Hall of Fame, because of the course field, playing in course field. I think it hurt Larry Walker, the fact that he played in Montreal for a a large number of uh, of years, and also in course field with high altitude that, uh, you know, kind of affected his numbers, his road and away. You know, his, his road and home splits. I could see only a .281 career batting average on the road. That does affect Larry Walker, but he was a great defensive player, great arm in right field, and a great hitter all around. He deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm glad they elected him. Kurt Schilling do the right thing next year. He's at 70%. Get the votes. Get him over the 75% hump. Get Kurt Schilling in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Up next, Zion Williamson. 14 and a half points tonight over under. What are you doing? That's next here And At The Window on the Sports Great now.
4: He scored. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Welcome back to At the Window on the SportsGrid TV Network. Pluto TV, Channel 517. Like us on Instagram at SportsGridTV. Give us a follow as well. I am Sean Guasamaki here in Midtown Manhattan. Drew Martin is off today. Did you see this? Kobe Bryant in an interview with CNN says three WNBA players can play in the NBA with the boys right now. They are Elena Donne, Maya Moore, and Diana Taurasi. Three great WNBA players. The thing about this, and people are going, you know, they're going crazy about this. Here's, here's the beauty about it give them a chance. They either sink or swim. We don't even have to debate it. If they could play, they can play. If they can't, they won't. It's just, it's simple. It's not like arguing who's the best basketball player of all time. Is it Bill Russell, LeBron James, Michael Jordan? It's hard to compare errors, right? right? That can never be settled because it's never going to be settled on the court. WNBA players, give them a chance. If they could play, They'll be on a team. If they can't, they'll go back to the WNBA. So, why even debate this or even talk about it? Uh, is Kobe Bryant being politically correct? A lot of people are accusing him of that. Um, Diana Taurasi, at her age right now, probably unlikely. Maybe when she was in a prime, probably, but Elena Donne's in a prime. Maya Moore in a prime as well in the WNBA. I have my doubts. I think, nope, they cannot play in the uh, NBA. I don't think they can. They're not athletic enough, but Give him a chance. It's just like we, have the, we had a debate about Carly Lloyd, the soccer player, the woman soccer player for Team USA, trying out as a place kicker in the NFL. And people are like, oh, you know, she's kicking at a practice field in the Philadelphia Eagles practice. And what if, the, you know, it was against a rush and with pads on and whatever. What, what does it matter? Just give her a chance in the preseason. If she can do it, she can do it. I mean, that's it as simple as that. Uh, so I'm not going to waste too much time on that. But Zion Williamson makes his debut tonight. Pelicans, a fun team to watch. Uh, go up and down the court uh, with Alvin Gentry and uh, looks like Zion will start all right after missing the first 44 games. Expected to play anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. So keep an eye on that. Now, who will he start in, in place of? J.J. Redick, who knows, we don't know that officially yet, but most likely J.J. Redick. So, he has Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, they're going to run up, up and down the court. So, that would lead to more possessions and uh, opportunities for Zion Williamson to score the ball. Now, what will Zion be? Now, for tonight, 14.5 points, uh, 14.5 seems like an awful lot. If he's just playing 15 to 20 minutes, Ingram's going to get his. But if Lonzo can average, Lonzo Ball, that is, 20 points, uh, 20, sorry, 12 points, That's what he's averaging this year, shooting 39% from the field. I think Zion could get up there at 14, over 14 and a half. So my bet is on the over 14 and a half prop at FanDuel Sportsbook. And and, um, it's a fun, it's going to be fun. But what will Zion be here in the NBA? How will his career pan out? And just like Kobe Bryant mentioning three WNBA players who could play in the NBA right now, that could be settled on the court. This whole Zion Williamson discussion or debate can be it's going to be settled on the court, so that's the beauty of it. So you're either going to be right or wrong, right? With LeBron James calling him the goat, Michael Jordan calling him the goat, it's never going to be resolved. It really, I mean, you, it's impossible, right? Because like I mentioned, different errors. You know, if Bill Russell, let's throw him. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar does not get enough respect in, when mentioning the greatest players of all time in the NBA history. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, throw them all in there. It's never going to be settled. I don't care how many championships LeBron James wins. At this point in his career, LeBron James, there's always going to be the argument made for Michael Jordan six zero in the NBA Finals and his greatness against LeBron. So that's never going to be solved, right? But it's fun nonetheless. I mean, you can have your opinions, back them up, and you can make strong opinions. And that's the beauty of sports talk. But with Zion Williamson, you're either going to be right or you're going to be wrong. What is he going to be? Is he going to be a bust or is he going to be a Hall of Fame basketball player? Much, and that's what I think he will be. Uh, this kid, when you watched him at Duke last year, talents jumped off the page, much better than anyone he played against or with, for that matter. RJ Barrett, who was second fiddle to Zion Williamson at Duke last year, and rightfully so. We we found out uh, RJ Barrett having his struggles in the NBA in his first year. He's no uh, John Morant. Let's just say that, right? Um, but everyone matures at their own pace. Look at Brandon Ingram, wonderful player right now. Probably going to make his uh, first All Star game for the Pelicans. He had his struggles early on for the Lakers in his NBA career. He's a much better player now. Um, Zion Williamson does not have the prototypical body that would lead you to think he could last upwards of 10 to 15 years. Look at LeBron James. How how many years has he played in the NBA? Still going strong, still one of the best, if not the best player in the NBA. Probably not, but you can make the argument that he's the best player in the NBA. Bounce back year for sure for LeBron James at 35 years old. And he's been in the league since he was 19. So 18 was he? 18? Probably no. 18, 19 years old. He was born December 30th. So yeah, he debuted at 18, just before his 19th birthday. So here's Zion Williamson, six foot seven, six foot eight, 285 pounds. I mean, he's a big guy. He's a big guy, and he puts a lot of wear and tear on his joints. Already he had meniscus surgery, and I was watching ESPN today. They had a doctor on talking about the concerns with Zion and, and the weight. He's going to put on his ligaments and, and, and on his joints. So that's definitely a concern. That being said, his talent, and people are critical of his outside shooting. I don't think that'll make a difference early on because his athleticism is so supreme and so much better, even than uh, and then NBA players. I was going to say WBA. Even, even better than NBA players. I look at a guy like Br- uh, Blake Griffin. When he came into the NBA, couldn't shoot from the outside. Now he's developed a three-point shot. Yeah, he was a little taller than Zion, but athleticism, probably very similar. I think Zion's a better athlete. Zion's carrying more weight, but I look for a similar um, career as far as points and rebounds are concerned with Zion early on to that of what Blake Griffin accomplished. But I think Zion could be even better than that. I think he's going to be a Hall of Fame talent. I Don't think he'll have the longevity of a LeBron James. I don't think he'll be the player LeBron James is at 35. That's gonna be hard because the wear and tear on his body, that's significant. But Charles Barkley was six foot four and a half. All right. Uh, athletic? People don't give Barkley the credit. <laughs> he was athletic. Barkley was athletic. He could jump out of the building when he early on in his career. As he got older, the conditioning wasn't great and he became more of a post-up player and relied more on his shot. But in early on in for the 76ers, he relied a lot on his quick step and his quick leaping ability to score most of his points. And, and that's where I see Zion Williamson. So I think he'll have a successful NBA career. Will he be the next LeBron James? I don't, I don't think that he'll reach those heights, but he'll be a success. And for the Pelicans, um, this young core, you have Lonzo Ball, who still can't shoot 39%, yeah, shooting 35% from three, terrible free throw shooter, um, can do a lot of other things, though. Rebounds well, assists man, can run, can run the team. Interesting to see when Holiday comes back and, and now you're going to play Alonzo off the ball as he's been playing on the ball with Holiday out and having a lot of success as far as triple doubles are concerned. As far as you know the, the uh, stat categories, he's compiling stats, but still can't shoot. And that's a concern for Lonzo Ball. But Brandon Ingram uh, developed into a better shooter. Blake Griffin learned uh, how to shoot from the outside. So... There's hope that Lonzo can develop that as well, and Zion for that matter as well. And people are concerned, well, what Zion going to do? He doesn't have uh, great post moves? Can't really shoot uh, very well at this point of his career. He's just going to out athleticism, you know, <laughs> you know, at uh, out athlete them. How about that? Out athlete them. That's what he's going to do early on. he rely on that. He's going to his big body to muscle people out of the way, and and he'll get his points. He'll get his due. So, uh, looking forward to that. 14.5 points His prop tonight on FanDuel Sportsbook. 5.5 rebounds. I'm going over on both of them. Very bullish on Zion Williamson. Uh, other games tonight. I mean, the Lakers are here at the Garden taking on the New York Knicks. Laying 12.5 points coming off of that. Drubbing by the Boston Celtics. Kemba Walker's first career victory against LeBron James. So, what what to expect tonight? It's an awful lot of points to lay. But these are the Knicks. Knicks just uh, lousy this season. It's a lot, but I'm laying the points. Uh, give me the Lakers laying the 12.5 points tonight. Another team, Miami Heat. Only one loss at home, 19-1. and The Wizards, they welcome the Wizards in. Nine-and-a-half point favorites. I like the Heat in that game as well. Just looking at the, the uh, slate in the NBA tonight. Um, as for New Orleans, they are three-and-a-half point favorites at home against the San Antonio Spurs. 30. How much of an impact will Zion have in that category, in the W category? That is interesting. Tonight, only going to play about 15 to 20 minutes expected. So, uh, not as much of an impact as one would think. And in that sense, um, you know, very leery of laying the three and a half. But if I had to, I'd definitely lay it with the Pelicans over the Spurs tonight. Coming up next, Seth Everett, MLB insider. Welcome him back to the show. Where has he been? We'll talk uh, Derek Jeter and the Astros cheating scandal. That's next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Legend? Go for the green with DailyRoto.com this fantasy golf season. For a limited time, get free access to DailyRoto's PGA DFS product, including the fantasy projections powered by Data Golf, PGA betting tools, and, of course, the DailyRoto.com fantasy golf optimizer. Don't lay up. Go for the green with DailyRoto. Head to DailyRoto.com and enter promo code GREEN. To access your free seven day golf membership that's ruddle.com. Promo code green for your free trial that's ruddle.com where millionaires are made. Welcome back in to At the Window on the Sports Grid Network. Get on the grid, Sports Grid. Talking Derek Jeter early on, uh, and we're going to get back into that with Seth Everett, MLB Insider, and, and also his uh, distaste for the movie Joker. Uh, he's he's all over it. Uh, want to get his thoughts on that if we have time. I mean, Seth. Uh, Loves to talk baseball, and uh, I don't want to waste a question on the Joker movie, especially on this platform. So we'll see about that. But programming alert. The Heisman Trophy winner, 1963. NFL Hall of Famer. NFL Top 100 player Roger Staubach will be on the morning after this Friday at 9, 12 a.m. Eastern Time time. That is just huge. Hard to get Roger. I mean, he has a lot going on. A real estate mogul, if a lot of people are not familiar. After his playing career in Big D, he bought up basically all the land in Dallas. Uh, Incredible. The guy's worth millions and millions of dollars. Um, So congratulations to Roger Staubach. Can't wait for him to uh, be on the Sports Grid TV network. That is this Friday, 9, 12 a.m. Eastern time on the morning after with Gabe Marenzi. Ariel Epstein, and Joe Raneri, But let's welcome in Seth Everett back to the show. Seth, always a pleasure, MLB Insider. What is going on with Seth Everett, man? How you doing?
5: Oh, good to talk to you, man. Always love these segments. This always goes in <laughs> random places.
2: All let right, let's, all right, we're going to leave out the Joker movie, although, you know, I, we agree, it wasn't the... All right, just just real quick, give your thoughts on the movie The Joker. Which, subscribe. Joaquin Phoenix.
5: Uh, what to were your subscribe thoughts on the All of Justice podcast? Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I have a podcast that I review all those movies, and uh, all I say is I wish I had the two hours back. Exactly. And all right. Leave it at that. I propose, <laughs> I have two proposals in the podcast of what I would have done with that movie. Uh, ways I could have tweaked that movie and made it really, really watchable. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to the podcast. I'll tell you all about it.
2: All right, Seth, uh, let's talk about Derek Jeter missing out by one vote on being just the second player in Major League Baseball history to be voted into Cooperstown Baseball Players Hall of Fame unanimously. Uh, But nonetheless, first year on the ballot, he's elected. Do you have a problem with Jeter not being elected with 100% of the vote?
5: Oh I, I could care less. I knew uh, it. I knew you would say honest. that. I knew it. I, why? You're wrong, but go ahead. The voting process. No, the voting processes are outdated, and his plaque doesn't grow in size if you're unanimous. As a matter of fact, if you look at Mariano Rivera's plaque, there's not one word about unanimous vote. Uh, that voting process is antiquated, outdated, and old. And the only time people ever complain about it is the day of the Hall of Fame election. No one cares about it 364 other days of the year. Very true. And so the fact that some, you know, idiot uh, decided to make it so people like you ask, people like me, this question, it's why I don't care. Some guy did it just to be different. Um, I will say this. All of those writers have a Twitter account. And I would love to check all of them and see how many people made sure they tweeted that it wasn't him or her. Right. And okay. I, I guarantee you the person who did it is poor, pretending that he did just so this rhetoric will happen. And it's just, it's obnoxious, it's stupid, and I don't care.
2: And and, and it's stupid not to vote for Derek Jeter uh, on the ballot. It's stupid because when you look at the ballot and the names there, you cannot tell me that Derek Jeter is not a baseball Hall of Famer, Right. And so, like, if you're leaving him off not, because... It's
5: not an because, argument.
2: but Yeah, but there, people are saying, well, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. didn't get 100% of the vote. You're A guy that you know very well. So why should Derek Jeter get 100% of the vote? That's their argument. Like, so it was only done for Mariano Rivera, uh, but it wasn't done for Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, and Ken Griffey Jr. So uh, Derek Jeter shouldn't get it either. Yeah, but
5: Sean, 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 there, there's something missing here because last year the Hall of Fame said that they were considering changing the rule to make the ballots public.
1: Which I don't last I do
5: everybody was afraid of but everybody was getting outed. And I I have no problem with transparency. This is this is not a right that a baseball writer gets. As a matter of fact, it was ten years ago when the stupid baseball when the stupid Hall of Fame decided to let people who write for websites to get it a vote that
2: we could get in. I like that. I I I will
5: I I will live I will live my whole life not having a, a Hall of Fame vote, and I'm totally fine with it. But. Bob Costas doesn't have a vote. Carl Ravitch doesn't have a vote. Vin Scully doesn't have a vote. Susan Waldman doesn't have a vote. And the four of them have seen more baseball than 300 of the 375 baseball writers who voted.
2: Precisely part of the problem. Yeah, I mean, excellent point there, Seth. You're right. I mean, they really need to come up with a new formula as to how they elect these uh, players into the baseball Hall of But fame. they
5: don't want to. They, they don't want to. They're not trying. I have employed this. This was a big campaign of mine. Fifteen years ago, it was a big deal. The Baseball Hall of Fame doesn't care, and they don't mind it, and they love the publicity because what they will say to every talk show host that's doing this conversation: buy a ticket to the museum, because that's all it is. It's a museum. It's not a subsidiary of baseball, so baseball has nothing to do with this. All right. All right. So, uh,
2: Larry Walker, uh, did they get it right? Getting them in.
5: Loved him. I, 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 my first full year covering Big League Baseball was Walker's MVP year. I saw every game that year, and it was one of the, the single greatest seasons I ever saw. And it was I was lucky because I was 23 years old, and it was uh, one of the highlights of my career. One of the nicest individuals I ever came across was a leader in that clubhouse, and it was a, a leader of men in the best way, wasn't very boisterous but really got his message across. Uh, I can tell you countless stories of my interactions with Larry Walker. Love covering him, and I'm super happy for him.
2: Kurt Schilling uh, comes up short once again. He does receive 70% of the vote, and he's eventually going to get in if it passed. Uh, players w- with the uh, amount of votes that he's getting each and every year, getting up to that 70% threshold. Looks like he'll get enough eventually to get in. And, and if he does not in the next couple of years, you always have the committees that elect everyone. I mean, they, they put Harold Baines in, so Kurt Schilling will definitely get in if if that's the case. However, is it fair that Kurt Schilling will have to wait this long to get into the baseball Hall of Fame? Or are you, uh, do you care? <laughs> you probably don't care. I get it. But uh, Kurt Schilling, should he be in the Hall of Fame? South Everett.
5: My argument on Kurt Schilling has always been about Jack Morris and Mike Messina. I always said that unless those two guys got in, I don't want to hear about Kurt Schilling. Once those two guys got in, I have I'm very on the fence when it comes to Kurt Schilling. But I do think that because this voting process is as antiquated and to me, a sham as it is, I think prejudice comes into it and bias comes into it. And I think the fact that Kurt Schilling's a jerk. Uh, right. And says really dumb things at the really wrong times. I think that's enough <laughs> for five percent of the vote. I do. I and agree. Yep. I that's hate. To, I hate to say it. You know, I, I can't. I can't prove that, but I think right. that there's something to be said for the fact that they're putting, they're punishing him for that, and technically they shouldn't. But again. I, I can't tell these guys how to vote because they don't want to change the process. They don't want to make it transparent. They don't want to put electronic media, radio, and television. They don't want to they, – they're not trying to change it. And what they'll say if you talk to the Hall of Fame is they'll say baseball needs to fix itself. They don't need to worry about us.
2: Right. Uh, I know. I I get all that. And uh, one other player that doesn't get mentioned enough, Albert Bell. Maybe, uh, you know, his off-the-field issues hurting his candidacy. It might be – he might fall a little short, but he doesn't get enough consideration considering the great player Albert Bell was in baseball. No one even brings him up. He should be at least in the running each and every year there, Seth Everett. But uh, no one mentions him.
5: You know, I I – I see that argument all the time. People have said that to me. He was another guy who was just rude. Um, (laughs) He he hated the media. He hated the media. And if you think about what the media, you know, being a baseball writer is a grind. And and some of the best journalism we have in this country are baseball writers. But that doesn't make it an easy job by any stretch. And Albert Bell made a lot of people's uh, life miserable. Again, you're not supposed to make it about that. Um, you're supposed to make it about just the on the field. You said off the field stuff. He he never got into any trouble. This is not a guy who was suspended or anything like that. This was a guy who he wasn't arrested. He didn't have any charges against him. What he was was he was just a jerk yeah. and he was mean yeah. and he was always mean to reporters. Uh, I covered Albert Bell. Never said one word to him. He never <laughs> said one word to me. Wow, and y- you've had
2: like some success with players. Interviewing certain players in your career, and uh, seem to get along with many of them. So uh, I'm surprised by that. Talking with, I don't seth. have a
5: lot of enemies. No,
2: no, that's true. I know. Uh, talking with Seth Everett. You can follow him on Twitter at seth underscore everett. That's with two T's, one R. Sports broadcaster, radio, TV podcaster, uh, host, and owner of Sports with Friends and Hall of Justice podcasts, and a proud Syracuse alum as well. It's all on his Twitter. Look it up. But Seth, the Astros cheating scandal. Did Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball get it right with the initial punishment for the Houston Astros suspending A.J. Hinch, Jeff Lunau, their GM, for a year They were since fired by the, by the owner, uh, fining the organization $5 million and uh, docking first and second round draft picks for the next two seasons? Did they get it right?
5: Uh, did they get it right? Well, it's the only punishment that they really could have done. Uh, the thing that I find really comical is that Rob Manfred knew about this and didn't do anything. And it wasn't until The Athletic came out with that story when Mike Fires told Evan Dreilich that this was going on and made it a public scandal that he had to put this penalty. Rob Manford knew. Jim Crane, the Astros' owner, knew also. Both those guys knew. And I tell the story about when the article came out, I called sources of both the league and the Players Association, and I said, what do you think about that article? And they said, what? You didn't know? Interesting. (laughs) So, they knew. All of these guys Cover up. Yep. All
2: right. We could go on and on. Seth Everett. Follow him on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. Thanks, Seth. Good talking to you guys. All right. There he is. All right. We're back right after this.
4: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
2: Back on At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network. Thanks to Seth Everett, MLB Insider. Uh, he's been around a long time on ESPN. Baseball Tonight he was on that program. Fox Sports hosted a radio show for some time there. Worked with the New York Mets. Uh, So always a pleasure to have Seth Everett on the show. And he doesn't hold back. Never dull. Um, I knew he would disagree with the whole Derek Jeter take. He doesn't care for it. And that's why he's always a special guest. Uh, Just happens to be wrong a lot. But, hey, that happens, right? Um, Did you see this? Bob Arum, top-ranked, wants to see a two-fight deal, one with boxing rules, right? One fight with boxing rules, one with MMA rules for uh, Terrence Crawford and uh, Conor McGregor. I'm tired of this. I mean, I I don't want to see it. I mean, Conor needs to establish himself once again in the UFC, all right? Go fight Habib again. Beat Habib, and then maybe we'll talk about this. But even so, these gimmicks, I'm tired of it. Um, we saw the uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather boxing match, which was a joke, waste of money, waste of time. Uh, the best thing about it was the promotional tour. The, the city, where they go, Toronto, L.A., New York, uh, London. Conor was, was hilarious, and so was Floyd for that matter, uh, very, very good at, at, at talking on the mic. Their mic skills are excellent. Conor Connor would be very good in the WWE. Yeah, like, forget about Rob Gronkowski. I mean, Conor McGregor would be excellent in the WWE uh, following the path of Brock Lesnar. However, you know, Lesnar needed a mouthpiece and Heyman with him, you know, in order to get over. Conor McGregor would get over I of a rock. I mean, he has that special um, skill to just uh, engage with the crowd that, Uh, Brock Lesnar never had, and um, maybe he'd be better off doing that when he when he retires. Um, But let's let's see Connor win a big fight. All right, Uh, enough of the media, you know, hype over that forty second win over Cowboy Cerrone. Like enough of that. All right, I mean, they put that guy up there, the UFC, to give Connor, you know, easy win to get him back in the mix, hype him up. You see all these analysts. Connor's back. It's the best I've ever seen him. You know, he's dedicated himself to getting in the gym and his diet and hype machines out because they want to sell the next fight. It, it, they're all bought and paid for. I, I don't trust anything that these guys say. These, these so-called expert analysts. Once McGregor beats a top opponent in the UFC, then I'll I'll be uh, on board. Let, let that let that happen first, then we can talk about this. Uh, but they're they're getting what they want because I'm mentioning it. So, Bob Arum, congratulations. You're getting the publicity you want because I'm mentioning it, and it's on ESPN's uh, front page, right? So... He's a smart man, Bob Arum, um, and, and he knows what he's saying and what he's doing to get people to pay attention to his fighters and Terence Crawford. All right, enough of that. Uh, I want to bring in uh, Chris Skofsky now, uh, talk some Super Bowl 54 props and Super Bowl 54 between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh should be a fun one February 2nd coming up here
6: in Miami, Florida. Chris, uh,
2: fire away, man. Let's talk some player props or game props. What do you
6: have? Well, first things first, I – Gonna look when it drops. The Mahomes over two and a half touchdown ones. Last couple of weeks it's been good value at a plus number, I think, last week. I we got it like plus one oh five. I'm probably gonna hit that for the third week in a row. So far, I'm two for two on that one the last two weeks. Like it. I, I think Mahomes is gonna fire away in this game. He's definitely gonna have over two and a half touchdowns.
2: I like the Niners to win the game, but I think I also like the over. I I think there's gonna be some points scored. Niners can score now. I mean, I much is made about their defense. Niners, and rightfully so, the number one pass defense by far. Uh, Great defensive line there, Chris. Um, So you're thinking Mahomes is going to have his way through the air against that tough
6: and top-ranked pass defense of the Niners. Yeah, I love the Chiefs in this game. I'm not going to lie. I don't you think like the
2: over uh, 294.5 passing yards for uh, Pat Mahomes.
6: Yeah, I do. I would, I would take that, too. I, I love the Chiefs in this game. I think the 49ers haven't played an offense like the Chiefs. Don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with Mahomes. They played the Ravens. Yeah, but it was raining that game. They got lucky. They didn't have to really control Lamar. It was, it was wet. It was rainy. It was a low-scoring field goal game. Um, I just think it's going to be their toughest matchup yet. I don't know. Jimmy G did it against the Saints, but can he go in shoot out with Mahomes? That's no. the biggest question. No, I don't
2: think – no. I, I See, that's my concern. I think uh, that's a real concern I have, you know, uh, with uh, Jimmy G um, keeping up with Pat Mahomes. That, that's a valid concern. But, look, you're talking about, what, one and a half the spread. Chiefs favored by one and a half right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. Not a lot, of, not a lot there. Um, it's very evenly matched teams. And here's the thing. Can the Niners, with just four pass rushers, their defensive line, without blitzing, can they get pressure – on Pat Mahomes is going to be the key to the game.
6: Yeah, I think they, they could get pressure, but Mahomes gets rid of that ball so he quickly. He, he moves he around does. in the pocket. He finds time. And I hear a lot of people saying, oh, the run game of the 49ers has been so dominant. Last week, what did the Chiefs do? They basically took Derrick Henry out of that game, made Ryan Tannehill try to win the Titans that game, and it didn't work. No success there. I think they could easily stop... Mostert and Burita and Coleman if he's healthy. I mean, I know their run their run offense has been hot, but the Chiefs, I mean, Spagnola defense right. in the Super Bowl, I mean, he knows what it takes to win. Mostert, Mostert's going to be the key. I mean,
2: they need that play-action pass for Jimmy G to even dream of keeping up with Pat Mahomes. And I think they'll have success against the Chiefs' run defense. It's not very good, 29th in the league. I don't care what they did to shut down Derrick Henry All right, and the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry, the streak that he was on, it's unimaginable. I mean, the, the amount of yards that he was getting week in, week out against, good run defenses, right? He wasn't going to keep that up forever. And then once they were down, they had to rely on Tannehill to win the game. And so they, they, they didn't run Henry enough in the second half. If Henry had more carries in the second half, I think he puts up 130, 140 yards.
6: Yeah, but, I mean, the recipe didn't call for the run. And, and, and look, yeah. if the 49ers, if they go up early in this game, you know, like Houston was going up early, like Tennessee went up early against the Chiefs, then I think it might be t- tough for the Chiefs to, cr- to crawl back in the game because of what the 49ers' run defense run offense can do. I got a question for you, Sean. You said you're on the 49ers. Right now I am, yep. Right now you are. A lot of the last couple of weeks in these games, we've been seeing players hit that two-touchdown prop. I hit it last week with Tyreek Hill. Would you take any yeah. of the 49ers receivers right now, to score two-plus touchdowns in this game. If the 49ers have to throw the ball a lot in this game. I mean, right now, Debo Samuel. He's yeah, plus probably. 1,100. Emmanuel Sanders plus 2,100 for yeah, two-plus touchdowns. I don't like Emmanuel. Kittle plus Warren. 850. Warren.
2: I like Kittle. Kittle's the guy. I mean, he's the guy they're going to have to shut down. I mean, um, he's their dangerous the, – the, one of the, the – their best player overall, right? You would agree with that, right? Kittle, best Yeah, player. yeah.
6: Kittle's their best player for sure on offense.
2: I, I, I think overall he's better than Sherman. Better than Bosa, right? I mean, you could argue it. It's, it's an argument, I mean, they I won he's the best
6: player. They won last week without them really having a big impact. Right, so,
2: listen to, all right, so So here's a question, right? Who's the best tight end in football? George Kittle. Who's Travis the best? Kelsey.
6: No, he's not. I think Kelsey's no, the best tight end. Yeah, I really do. All around, blocking, receiving, it's George Kittle. I think Kelsey shows up more days than Kittle shows up. So, they're, they're both really good, but I, I would take Kelsey. So then
2: you'd put Kel, uh, Kittle where? Second? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So your argument. All right, Richard Sherman, he's not top two, top three. Cornerback in the National Football League. Nick Nick, Nick Bosa is not the top or second best. Defensive lineman in the NFL, so it's George Kittle's their best player.
6: Yeah, but it's like it's kind of like apples and oranges if you think about it. Because last week they won, Kittle did nothing. If he was their best, play, like oh no, 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 no,
2: he did more than nothing. He was blocking like well, a word. sure, sure blocking. But yeah, I'm saying, dude, that's important in, in, when you're running the yeah. football
6: like they are. Come on, sure. Man. But in the box score, I mean, I know a lot of their guys didn't do anything, but they're able to win without him. You know what I mean? Moster was running the, the back football back for
2: 20 yeah. yards. George Kittle's a tight yeah. end, and he's blocking. You're like right. a beast. Yeah.
6: You're right. Uh, I would say he's probably their most explosive player. And yeah. Biggest X factor player.
2: So I would, so I would look for him first. But Debo maybe first as well, because he's a receiver and, and and down in the red zone, maybe they'll they'll look to cover Kittle first, and then maybe Debo will get some opportunities there. So those are definitely those two guys come to mind. Yeah,
6: and um, Debo's plus one sixty five anytime Ooh. touchdown. That that is intriguing because I definitely think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more in this game and. Debo tends to find the end zone, even if he's running the ball. They like to get him involved.
2: Yeah, I mean, just think of the draft that they had: Nick Bosa second overall, then thirty-sixth overall, Debo Samuel, the Niners. It paid for them. Well, I shouldn't say this. I mean, Jimmy G's injury. I mean, it kind of worked out, right? Jimmy G going down and then uh, not having a successful year uh, last year and getting the second overall pick and then paid off with Nick Bosa and then second round, Debo Samuel. That's that's just amazing.
6: Yeah, they've uh, done a complete 180 in this team. I I, I love the Shanahan all, all year. Last year, he's just a young-minded coach, calls a good game, knows how to call a good offense. I mean, McVay always gets the hype, but you know, people tend to leave out Shanahan.
2: They do, and it's because of that Atlanta uh, debacle, up 28 to three, and New England came back there in the second half. I think it was that the criticism he took there. Um, but maybe it's because uh, Chief, son of a coach. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I, I, he didn't have the success until this year, though. Let's be honest, right? It, it, finally, everything fell into place this year.
6: Yeah, I think I think yeah, he's got That's better why. players. Yeah, yeah, I mean, better better resources to work with. They, they
2: got lucky with George Kittle too, because Kirk Ferentz didn't utilize Kittle properly at Iowa, and he was just he was a score late in in, in the NFL draft. I mean, uh, just think of the the um, value that they they got late in the draft that for George Kittle. The number two, according to you, tied in the National Football League, I think he's the best. Um, I think it helps when Kelsey has Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, to me, is the best quarterback in the NFL. He is right now. He's better yeah, than Brady. I would agree. He's better than Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. He's better than all. Lamar Jackson won the MVP, and rightfully so. He will, at least. But Mahomes is a better
6: player. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And if you're if you you're saying Kittle is the best player on, on this 49ers team, you're leaning towards them right now. One of the books I'm looking at, plus 1600 for George Kittle. To win MVP in the Super Bowl.
2: That's hard, though. You know that, Chris.
6: Yeah, but I mean, if he, like you said, he
2: does. For tight ends to win the Sure, MVP, but he,
6: you're, you're right. He does block. So if they do win, a lot of their, yeah. lot of their success will come from the running. Maybe he right. gets a big touchdown, 86 yards, a touchdown, a lot of blocking. Maybe, you know. I like the value. You said yeah. plus
2: 1,600. Yeah. I like the What's Jimmy G? Super Bowl MVP. 225. Okay. Mostert? Plus
6: 900. Ooh. That's not bad. No, nah, it's not bad at no. all. Bosa's in there, too. What is he? Bosa is only plus 2,500, which is no, doesn't seem that high for a defensive end. It's hard. for I know Von yeah. Miller
2: won the award, but it's hard for those defensive players to win. Because
6: obviously I'm on the Chiefs, and I'm looking at you know Tyron Matthew plus 6,000, a little value Ooh. there. You never know. You sprinkle a little money on there. It's a, it's a nice payout. Eh, Mahomes is winning the MVP of the Chiefs. He's, he's plus 115 right now, which is not, oh, not terrible. He's still getting a plus money, but not great.
2: All right, you have, a, uh, you have a bet for tonight's NBA card or college basketball card before we get you out of here? What
6: are you looking I, at? I know we were talking earlier, and you said, you know, stay away from the Nuggets, but, I mean, plus eight and a half. Oh, 100. no, no Gabe, no, Gabe was on the Magic. That's, that, okay, okay. On, on the morning after. Okay. Yeah. I, I think eight and a half, the Nuggets just getting eight and a half on the road against the Rockets. I, I think that's crazy. Yeah. The Rockets are an inconsistent team. I mean, I was on the, the Thunder the other day. They they were getting plus seven and a half, and they beat them outright. So I just I'm not counting on this Rockets team. They're very inconsistent. I think the Nuggets, you know, at at eight and a half, that's a, that's a good pick today. And hey, the Pacers too. They're they're one and a half point favorites on the road against the Suns. I, I'd like the Pacers today too. I would I would put those two in a little parlay.
2: You don't like my uh, Lakers lane twelve and a half on the road against the Knicks. You don't like that, huh?
6: Uh it's good, but it's it's tough. Twelve and a half in the NBA is tough. I. I wouldn't say I would pick the Knicks to cover, but if I had to lean, yeah, I would agree with the Lakers. But I'd probably stay away. Did I tell you uh,
2: Bernard King was here today? He was uh, at Versa in the restaurant, um, just chilling. Yesterday, I ran into him in, uh, in the bathroom on the sixth floor, Chris. Today, he was eating at breakfast. The um, big pancakes, like four or five pancakes. He's a big guy. I mean, six seven. Yeah, wow. Yeah, about two. I'd say what two thirty nowadays. Uh, very nice, n- nice guy, and uh, tried to get him on the morning after, but he's like, you know, I. I I know you guys. He's like, I've been on that, that show before. And I was <laughs> I was like, you know, like, it was almost like, you know, leave me alone. Let me eat my, my, my uh, breakfast slash lunch and, uh, in a nice way. But uh, it was great to see Bernard King here. You're probably too young to remember Bernard King in the NBA. I'm too young to remember Bernard King in the NBA. But hell of a talent. And, boy, it's a shame that injuries um, cut his career short, man. Or, or else you, you probably would – Appreciate my story a little bit more there, Chris,
6: because you I'm, probably don't, don't appreciate I, I, it. Cause... I really don't know much about him, it, but it's a cool story. I can understand why he didn't want to, you know, deal with the morning chaos of coming in the morning after. You know, it's a lot.
2: No, I, I know about that. But uh, the Orlando Magic, Oklahoma City Thunder, that, that was the game we were talking about. Uh, and I was uh, Gabe was on the morning after, and he, he loves the magic in that one. But I, I don't dislike your your play tonight. With the um, Rockets, what lane eight and a half? But you're going to take the Nuggets plus the points. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I think I think it's a smart play actually, but it's not one that I am going to go with. But uh, just to give you uh, not my best bet, the Lakers laying that that many points. You're right, it's a lot. But um, come on, it's it's an almost certainty against the hapless Knicks. Come on, Chris.
6: Yeah, I agree. It's 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 risky, but I I would do it. I right. would do it. Maybe a teaser, tease that down a little bit. Yeah, tease it down. I'll turn it and
2: spread it. Yep. All right, that's Chris. You'll hear more of him uh, as he starts working here at Sports Grid. But that'll do it for this segment on At the Window. We'll uh, look at a little college basketball before we hand it off to Gabe Renzi and Cam Stewart for Game Time Decisions. Coming right back on At the Window. welcome back into at the window on the sports Grade tv network just hearing news that eli manning will announce his retirement from the pro football in the nfl that is tomorrow getting that word in now i'm sure gabe Morenzi and cam stewart will have more on that coming up in a couple of minutes on game time decisions and uh, not a surprise really uh, I think it's the right thing for Eli. He's done. He's finished. I I, I would hate to see him try to uh, play out more uh, of his career on another team in a different uniform. Uh, is he gonna? He wasn't gonna get a starting job anyway. Unlikely. So uh, this is the right route for Eli Manning. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he should be. We went over this a million times on this show. Um, not a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, in my opinion. But he's getting in, so it's. What's the point of debating it? He's getting in. He won two Super Bowls. They're not going to leave him out. Uh, New York media loves him. Class act. So he's getting in. So we could argue whether or not he deserves to be in. That's fun. But he's getting in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, calls it a career. Greatest quarterback in Giants history. It's going to be interesting now. I already take Eli Manning's name out of the mix. But you got Tom Brady, a free agent. You have Philip Rivers, a free agent. Moving to Florida. Will he be on the Bucs? Where is he going? How about Tom Brady? Where will he end up? Would you prefer Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill if you're Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans? That's interesting what's going on there. So a lot of moving parts. Drew Brees is a free agent. A lot of moving parts uh, with some big icons there in in the NFL free agencies. That's going to be a big story. A lot of the NBA in the summer all the time with these big free agents. Where are they going to go? The NFL is going to steal some of that this time around. But then you have the NFL draft, which hogs up a lot of the time too and, and the constant, constant debate of who's going number one, mock drafts that are never right anyway, but we love talking about them. Um, so I don't know how much publicity or how much coverage you'll get, but it's going to be a lot because it's Tom Brady. Uh, and whenever he's in the mix and his name is involved, people will talk about it. And what will the New England Patriots do? If Tom Brady leaves New England, who's their quarterback? It's not going to be Jared Stidham. I don't, I don't believe so. Um, they're not going to go into the season. Not Bill Belichick with, with Jared as their quarterback. But looking forward to that. Zion Williamson makes his debut, the future Hall of Famer Zion plays his first game tonight. 14-and-a-half, the player point prop. I'm going over that number, going over the five and a half rebounds. Zion expected to play between 15 and 20 minutes. Should be a lot of fun. Up next, game time, decisions with Gabe Morenzi and Cam Stewart. They'll have you uh, updated on everything going on in the world of sports, including Eli Manning announces his retirement from pro football. That'll do it for At The Window. We'll see you tomorrow.